Some shows lean left, some lean right, but we lean local and business. This is North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. For the next hour, we will celebrate the businesses in our area and the people that run them. Find us on Facebook at North Georgia Business Radio X and online at NorthGeorgiaBusinessRadioX.com. Now, here's Bo Henderson. Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm your host, Bo Henderson, here with Dr. Bill Lampton. How's it going, Dr. Bill? Well, Bo Henderson, it's great to be with you again. And one of the things I think about is I'm reminded, as I've told some friends of an old-time television program hosted by Rod Serling, The Twilight Zone. That's right. It's been, you know, we, you break in the murder hornets on top of the coronavirus. It's just, what's next? Yes, and, and one thing I've said about the Twilight Zone, if someone had given Rod Serling's producers the outline of what's going on now and said this would make a good show, the producers would probably have said, we're not going to use that. It's too unbelievable. This couldn't happen in 185 countries across the world simultaneously. Next script, please. That's, right. That's too far a fetch, but it's the reality of what we're dealing with now. So what have you been seeing, Bill, is just here in town? We're here in Gainesville uh, representing North Georgia business. What have you been seeing as far as openings? I, I know some of the restaurants are open back up. Have you been getting back out? Are you staying home? Where are you? I see both sides of that. I see people passionate about, hey, we're going to be safe and play it safe. I see people saying, you know what, I'm going to go out and get back to my life as I know it. And then I see some people in the middle. I don't know. What are you seeing? I have not hibernated. I'll have to say that. And for a short time, I was reluctant to wear a mask. It just felt uncomfortable. But then a neighbor one day gave me a mask, and it it uh, fit well, and so I wear it when I go to the few places I go, which is, I guess, the grocery store. And I don't know, uh, this is indicative of the times, Bo, that, that we're going through now. All three of the major golf courses in this area have fully booked tea times during the week. You know, I'm not really all that surprised. I was out last, I was out yesterday and we were at Outback and the place was packed. There's actually people waiting in the line. I think people are ready to get back to life as they know it. Oh, yes. And somebody told me that the person who discovers the cure, the antidote, the vaccine will be a parent who has been at home. That's right. They're tired <laughs> of staying with the kids. Yes. And and one thing I was thinking today, you're asking what I've seen. I'm thinking also about what I have not seen. It occurred to me, I think, earlier today that for a while I was thinking, like other people were thinking, well, gee, we don't have to run our errands uh, wondering about whether we're going to be behind a school bus or not. And it used to be such a bother to be behind a school bus and that long line and that long delay. But now I'm thinking, wouldn't it be a wonderful sight to see a school bus packed with children going to a school and their parents going to work? We we can't foresee when that can happen again. It might be a reminder or represent a normal as we knew that it. That would. Right? Comforting. That's right. Well, and that's, that's one of the things that's been coming up, too, is this concept of the new normal. I hear that phrase maybe used a little too much, but do you think we're going to get back to life as we knew it? Some variation completely different or some hybrid there? We're not going to get back to what we knew anytime soon. Right. Uh, I was... Uh, 
I, I, being a you're you're a former UGA football player, and you know that football season is just a couple of three or four months away. And I was looking today at uh, Florida's coach talking about whether or not there would be a season. And I know the athletic director at University of Georgia the other day was saying they may have to decide how many people can safely go into the stadium and then allocate the tickets to the people who would sit in certain spots. And and that, of course, would be very, very complicated. And then what do you do with the other people who paid those huge bucks for season tickets? Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what the sports scene is going to look like. Are we going to have football in the fall? What's it going to be like to see these games without people in the stands if that's the way it goes? Well, they're talking about now playing golf tournaments without spectators. Wow. They're talking about baseball games without spectators. And, of course, the, I, I think the, the big shocker this year in the sports scene, letting us know where we really stood, was when the Masters tournament was delayed. Because the only other time that the Masters tournament was canceled was during World War II. It was suspended for a couple of years then. And now they're saying they possibly are going to play it, and I believe the dates are sometime in late November. Wow. Uh, late November can be pretty cool, and there's not going to be any azaleas blooming. Yeah, it's going to be a different setting there. Yes. Well, So we talked about, and this is what I'm seeing, there's a lot of negative things. And we're going to talk about this long, sooner. I'm, I can't wait for our guests, but we're going to talk about some of these, ne- being bombarded with all these negative things happening now, and at least... Um, negative perceptions and a lot of negative media honestly but not us not yeah not us we're gonna we're gonna see if there's any positive we can bring to this right so what i'm thinking bill is i'm looking for it and maybe you're seeing some of it i'll share some of my ideas are you seeing anything positive coming through maybe this pain or some of this this that we're going through now any kind of positive shifts or positive things that might bring us out the other side a little stronger a little better Very much so. I'm seeing a lot of charitable efforts taking place that probably wouldn't be happening otherwise. And I was talking to a neighbor of mine. You certainly see your neighbors when you're out walking. That's about the only way we can see each other. I was talking to a neighbor of mine just this morning when I was walking my dog and she was walking for morning exercise. And I said to her, I would think that many religious organizations are going to have a big struggle financially because the people are not meeting. They're not public worship services. And I said, I I doubt that people are sending in contributions who are not attending. She said, that's not the case with our church. She said, no, we're not able to have our services, but people still feel a loyalty and they feel a need to Uh, contributes so that many new needs can be met. And I think you've seen, as I've seen, Bo, on television and in the newspapers and on radio, instances where even small children are collecting funds and uh, maybe buying masks or making masks. So there is much good going on, which as you indicated a minute ago, might be might not be reported as frequently or as widely as the the uh, threats that we're facing. Well, you know, one of the big things I've noticed is technology. From a business perspective, it's forced a lot of us to have to utilize technology better. 
right? It's had um, one of my, with a retirement planning firm, Rich Life Advisors, one of my primary ways we um, get in front of people is public education workshops. That didn't happen, right? All the venues shut down. You know, North Georgia, we're, we're usually in a, a library, a community center somewhere a couple times a month. So we had to shift to more of a webinar format. And that's taken some getting used to. We're getting better the more we do it. But I was thinking, one, okay, it's nice. There's something good happening uh, with this, with businesses having to learn to use technology better. But I saw something that I wasn't necessarily thinking of. The consumer is out there now getting more comfortable using the technology. So I think both of those things together are going to come out for better interaction, better results, more flexibility in the future. What's the old saying, necessity is the mother of invention? I think that's right. <laughs> I think that's it. Well, Bill, I'm excited, but when we come back, uh, what I want to talk about is, you know, there's a lot of things. There's concern, obviously, with physical health, with this virus going around, right? Uh, Mortality. Right. Well, yes. and, and there's there's concerns with financial health, highest unemployment, um, people out of jobs, all kinds of things, businesses not being able to operate. But I want to get into and touch on something I've been seeing, and our guest today is going to help us a lot with this. What about mental health? There's some really real things going on there, too, that I think we need to discuss. I'm Bo Henderson. This is North Georgia Business Radio X here with Bill Lampton, and we'll be right back. On North Georgia Business Radio X, I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton. And before we went to the break, we were talking about our new world. What's going on now with life as we know it? But we started talking or started the conversation around mental health. How are we dealing with some of the things that maybe is not talked about enough? I don't know about you, Bill, but I'm seeing a lot of fear, anxiety, worry, some things that uh, can have big consequences that aren't really being talked about. Emotional distress. Who doesn't feel it? Right. So one of the things I was going to share uh, before you bring in our guest, and I think she's going to be the authority to help us think about this, talk through this, and maybe even give us some actionable things on what we can do. But what, what I've noticed on the retirement planning side, I've had people, obviously, and understandably, very concerned. Imagine if your life savings, one day you go to bed, and the next day you wake up and it's 30% less. That's been a reality for some people here. And my message kind of in the role is that um, financial quarterback for a lot of clients, I've been having to say, okay, let's do this. Let's actually first step, let's step back, remove ourselves from the emotion of the situation, take a deep breath. Let's just breathe. And then once we, we step back, let's put all the pieces on the table. What is the reality of the situation now? If your 401ks drop 30, uh, 30%, we need to just state that. What are What's the reality of the, the pieces now? And then once we have a, a picture of all the puzzle pieces, then we can come up with a plan to move forward the best way possible. So that's been some of my financial advice on how to deal with some of the anxiety and worry. But our guest tonight, I have a, uh, today, I believe she can take us another step forward with this, Bill. So would you bring in our guest, 
a good friend of North Georgia Business Radio X. Yes, she's been with us before and is making a, a return engagement, which we're very happy about. Don Eccles, licensed professional counselor, certified professional counselor, supervisor, life coach, clinical psychotherapist. Don is a clinically trained and licensed mental health professional who works with both individual adults and couples about problems of living. Her specialties include anxiety management and personal growth goals, as well as mental health issues. Dawn is the owner and executive director of Dawning Phoenix. Good play on names there. A small private practice based in Gainesville, Georgia. Her practice offers in-person and online counseling options, and I'm sure the online has increased. Dawn, welcome to North Georgia Business Radio X. Thank you, Bill and Bo. I'm glad to be here today. So, Dawn, just, just right off the bat, what's your take on everything that's going on? We have a lot of noise and a lot of fear, and our brains are wired for fear, Bo. We... um. Everyone responds differently, even though we do have the universal experience of fear, and humans do universally respond to fear. But I think the way we we each respond differently is not only dependent on our temperament, but also on our coping resources and actually material resources people have. One of the things I was thinking about when I was coming in today is that, you know, with suburban sprawl, many of us may say, well, you know, I can do this. I'm okay. Um, We have yards. We have neighborhoods. We may have... Hopefully, some people have some savings. We may have other resources. Some of us may be able to continue to go to work, and we may be able to figure out ways to respond if we're seeing a reduction in our income. But that's not everybody. Some people may be able to handle it because at a poverty level, if they don't have a disruption in services such as Medicaid, for instance, which I've seen in the past, both in my work and in other jobs, then um, they may be at a level that is not as impacted because as long as that little bit that they have is not affected, they're able to continue. And so for them, it might be more of an emotional response or the concern of physical danger that has to do with the virus. So everybody does respond differently. Everybody has different coping mechanisms. But I think we have to recognize that what to me I think stands out is that we have a lot of noise going on. We have a lot of fear. And that noise is driven by uncertainty. And you guys were talking in the previous segment and it reminded me of existential concerns, so to speak. And that is basically the question of life and death. Um, You know, death is is an event that we would like to control and control is often in our lives an illusion we actually don't have the control i have a friend of mine that um wrote a post that's now on my website it's called the illusion of safety and she works a lot with people in domestic violence and she was talking about that we all like to live in our bubbles and we have this illusion that we're safe and really in in the sense life is uncertain and that is can be unsettling for all of us we kind of want to walk around especially those of us that are actionable we like to take action we have what psychologists call that locus of control an internal locus of control we want to know what we can do we want to direct our destiny Um, i'm definitely one of those people that embrace and endorse that quite strongly i want to take charge of my own life and and decide what i'm going to do and where i'm going to go and meet my goals but the bottom line is is it's uncertainty you're listening to north georgia business radio x the voice for local business i'm here with dr bill lampton and our guest don Eccles. you brought up something i think so important it's a message i think people need to hear there's no rules of thumb for how to respond you can't just broadcast this is how you should be feeling acting responding to this 
because it's very situational. Like you said, everybody's got their own variables down to their wiring and behavior styles, right? Absolutely. So there's no there's no one way or no one thing you should do. But that being said, Don, where do you start if you're just you're feeling some of these things? I feel anxiety. I know I'm feeling fear, um, maybe even depression. I, I'm, if I'm not using the right words, help me out here. But but if I'm feeling these things, where do I start? Because there isn't a one. There's not a, a prescription for this is how you handle this. But there must be probably a, a path to maybe figure out how to handle it. I really appreciate that you talk about it's not a one-size-fits-all because that is so accurate. We all are very uniquely wired, and we each have unique situations. Social psychology talks about the power of the situation. Philip Zimbardo contributed that information in the 1970s with his groundbreaking research where he said, you know, we like to think that we all are individual directors of our destiny when really we are affected by a situation much more than we want to acknowledge. So social psychology does tell us a few things about what this means and why we're feeling the way we're feeling. So to answer your question, go more directly to it, Bo, is the idea that we have to kind of say, where am I? First be aware First, be aware of where we're at. And I think one of the other things we can do, mindfulness says that we can take that step back like you were talking about with your clients and we can say, hey, let's take a breath. What do I really have control of? Um, There's a a phrase by one of my favorite authors, Melody Beatty, who's written a lot. And she says, um, you have we don't really have power over people, places or things. We only have power over ourselves and our own reactions. So that almost goes back to control what you can control because there's so many things outside of our control that they could control you if you're not careful. Wow. Don't ask me to say that again. (laughs) Tongue twister. That's right. You mentioned domestic violence. I've I've seen not just anecdotal evidence of that increasing, but statistical as well. You get families who are all of a sudden together 24-7. There's no recreation. Money's running low. Food might be scarce. There's no recreation. Tempers are rising. There's a lot of uncertainty. And so it explodes in the family sometimes, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, um, you know, it's a sobering fact that's hard to hear. But domestic violence assaults do rise because of stressors. And home is not always a safe place for a lot of people. Well, Don, let's take a break there. I think there may be even some more to talk about with there's a lot of memes and funny jokes out there about the family stuck together, the, doing the kids with school, spouses stuck together. So maybe some more to talk back when we talk about when we come back from the break. When I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton and Don Eccles having a good conversation about how to deal with things during this coronavirus, this world that we're living in now, the financial the physical, and even the mental health. So when we come back, I look forward to digging in deep, talking more with our guests, Don Eccles and and Dr. Bill. I know we have a lot to talk about. We'll be right back after this.
back on North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton and our special guest, Don Eccles. Now, one of the things, Bill, we're highlighting here at North Georgia Business Radio X, we like to highlight and give a voice to our local businesses and the people who run them. And Don has her organization, Donning Phoenix, helps people with all kinds of counseling issues and we talk specifically about anxiety, depression, fear. But before we went to the break, we were talking about families kind of being quarantined at home together. Now, Don, was there anything with that that we needed to kind of tie up as far as what's the reality of that dynamic when we might we might be used to a life in a world where we spend a couple of hours together a day and now we're just stuck? That's right. And, you know, it can be a, a good opportunity. We can hear, we can talk about positive things. I know that's one of the things we want to do today. But you did, both of you, and uh, especially Bill, brought out that he caught that domestic violence reference I made because that's one of my specialties, and he knows that from a long association with me. And domestic violence assault can go up in stressors. Um, family abuse can go up, and that can be on the partner that's a target of abuse, and it can go as well as on the children. So unfortunately, the, the sad thing to kind of have to absorb or hear is that home is not always a safe place. And we think of, oh, well, home is the only safe place to be right now because of this uncertainty around an unknown prior prior non-existent virus that poses and raises this fear of death, this existential challenge of how do we live and die, right? But at the same time, the quality of life is the area that can concern counselors. We're interested in improving quality of life for every client that comes in and anyone that works in advocacy, whether in domestic violence or in counseling at large, is actually working in service to try to help people improve their quality of life. Well, let's talk about that advocacy piece while we while we have this topic on the table, Dawn. So our safe space that everybody's saying we're supposed to be safe at home might, if we find it's not safe, what's the answer? What do we need to do? Just Right now, I tell you, Bo, it's a real challenge, and it's one that the domestic violence um, advocacy community has started raising very quickly um, when the shutdown for the state of Georgia came out. Immediately, the Georgia Commission on Domestic Violence did a good job about immediately making our legislature aware, hey, you know, there's gonna, this is going to come with risk. Um, not only do assaults go up, suicidality can go up. Depression can increase even in people who may not consider themselves normally at risk for that. Um, mental, any kind of mental illness issue, this can create stressors because it is a different, it's not normal. And any change from normal can be a stressor and it can trigger symptoms of other illnesses that are not as well known to people and are very much private for people. So yes, one of the things that is very helpful right now is we have a lot of hotlines um, for domestic violence. It's 1-800-33-HAVEN. Uh, in Georgia, you can dial 1-800-33-HAVEN, and they will route you to the closest shelter near you. You do not have to go to a shelter. Hotlines are great at helping leverage resources. One of the great things about our shelter here in Hall County is they serve the community, and the shelter is simply one of the uh, flagship services, so to speak. Okay. But many people benefit from that shelter, and it's—I call it the shelter. Say, I just did it, and, and they actually get lots of community services. You might think of it as a community center more so than actually a shelter. The shelter is for people who really do need to live there, but actually they reach out and help people with a wide variety of things that cause what we call abuse. Don, I'll give you uh, a couple of extreme and very sad examples. I have a daughter who lives in Savannah. So we talk several times a week, 
And I mentioned to her recently that I'd heard that domestic violence was on the rise. She said, we've had two cases here in Savannah this week where the parents in each case killed a handicapped child in their family. And that's just, it's really hard to, when we talk about using mindfulness and taking a breath and realizing what we have control over, I can feel the seriousness of that. As you say it, mm-hmm. I feel the sadness and the grief. And like to remain professional in a way and to stay present in this interview, I have to almost back up from that feeling, which reminds me, I saw a great song and that goes to this topic to kind of talk about the noise and fear that we started this segment or the last segment with. And on Songland, Julia Michaels, the pop singer-songwriter, um, was a featured guest. She's never accepted a song written by anyone other than herself because she's a singer-songwriter. And one of the young people, and of course that dates me somewhat because they might not be that young, maybe just because <laughs> they're under 30, but um, his song was called Numb. And he talked about not wanting to be numb and how that's a contradictory feeling of a lot. And he, he even had, like, they were talking about making it a video or whatever. And she didn't choose that particular song. But I was so touched by that as I helped me recognize not all of us do cope the same. And this young man was, it was talking about being in the noise of a modern-day technology society with a constant overload of information and how he wants to do more. He doesn't want to be numb to all this stuff he hears. But numbness is an, is kind of a, a response people get to because they get too much of it. It's overwhelming, and we shut down when we're overwhelmed. On North Georgia Business Radio X, I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton and our special guest, Don Eccles. Well, speaking of overwhelmed, I'd like your advice, and I know our listeners would. We need to be aware of what's happening. We need to keep up with it. We, But... To what extent are we overwhelmed? How much? How many news broadcasts should we hear? How how many newspapers should we read? How many how many commentaries? I mean, if we wanted to, this could be all we'd listen to all day. What do you think is a moderate, sensible way to to inhale everything that's happening? Absolutely, that's such a great question because one of my notes in preparing for today was to talk about the level of negative input that we're getting and our brains are wired for fear they are supposed to be that way as a survival mechanism that's how we've evolved as a species that's why you could i always laugh when i when i refer to us as humans as top of the food chain because in a sense nature will remind you we are just very small (laughs) right and this virus certainly can remind people that we are not as in control of everything that we not invincible no but we are we have evolved and fear is that signal that says take action to save your life that's how this species has walk this planet for as many years thousands of years as it has so we have to recognize first we're wired for fear and that that's okay but then as we've talked about in previous interviews bill we have to also offset that with positive i think you and i were talking about even before we got on the air today that you're a natural optimist and that you've been looking at strategies for yourself to maintain your optimism and you know the i was just thinking when you asked me that question we talk about the mainstream media gets a beating And we talk about, and I'm not defending them necessarily. I think they have, we want to see responsible journalism. But I think social media 
is a source of a lot of um, potential input that we need to kind of at least be aware of what we're doing. And I think the reason for that is one of the things that occurred to me a couple of weeks ago is it's an overload of opinions and they're not necessarily informed opinions. Everybody feels free. And that's one of the great things about social media and connecting. Everybody feels free to put their two cents in. But then how do we... Sometimes it's not worth that. No, it's not. And sometimes we have to think, how is this, you know, again, going back to everybody having different uh, resources, different coping, someone might say something and they don't intend it the way it sounds in in a written comment that's a soundbite, you know, and that's at least the benefit of some of the more professional when they are responsible journalists is they are, they have learned to write and communicate in a more effective way than the rest of us when we put that Twitter statement or we write that comment on a Facebook post and we don't realize how it may sound to someone else. A friend of mine, her, her, one of her quotes as a therapist is, perception is reality. Well, you're listening to North Georgia Business Radio X, the voice for local business. I'm here with Dr. Bill Lampton and our guest, Don Eccles, Donning Phoenix. Uh, when we come back, let's talk more. We're, we're really getting into, digging into how do we navigate our world today, right here on North Georgia Business Radio. We'll be right back. Georgia Business Radio X. I'm here with Dr. Bill Lampton and Don Eccles, and we're talking about mental health, emotional health, if those are the right ways to say it, Don. Again, correct me if I'm wrong when I say these things, but there's just, it's so rich of a topic and so many areas we can go into, and we're at such a unique time now. So with our last segment, where do you think we need to go for our listener out there um, navigating the world today? Recognizing that our beliefs drive our behavior and therefore that can also influence our default strategies and it can influence our emotions. So if we practice some self-awareness, if we use some of this time, it may provoke some of these stressors if we can say, what is it I really believe? And kind of clarify our own beliefs, kind of acknowledge those, give them some room and then we can develop additional coping strategies and we can come up with better ways to manage things. You know, one of the things I tell people a lot about anxiety, Bo, is talking about mindfulness, kind of scanning your body. How, how tight do you feel? Uh, Bill and I were talking before we got on air today about when doing online therapy and how I've had to be aware of how my body feels. I'm hunched forward trying to connect with my client on the screen and I'm looking and I'm trying to read body language the way I do in person. And for me, I experience that as an additional stressor. Some people do online therapy all the time and love it. A lot of therapists are very used to being one-on-one. We are social creatures. I'm an Adlerian therapist. That's my theoretical orientation. Alfred Adler was all about social interest. He was all about community. He saw that as a key indicator of mental health if people had social interest his three life tasks to, involved being socially involved like it's about everything our family our social community our friendships our work can provide us with a lot of connections too so i think if we recognize okay what beliefs am i do i have what 
what values do I hold and how is that influencing how I feel and respond to this particular crisis and how much control do I have? And really, we boil down to we control how we react and respond. And we may have to decide at what level do our beliefs and values drive other actions we want to take as well? What do we want to advocate for? What do we want to stand up and say that is very important to us that we're going to take action about? And that goes back to that idea. I love that State Farm ad that was on several, probably a year or so ago, where it shows this guy being overloaded with all this information and he's walking along and it's all this bad news that he's getting, just like the young man writing the song Numb yes, that I saw last night. And he walks into the Boys and Girls Clubs of America and, and he takes action to make positive change. And that's why therapists come to work is we want to help people make positive change in their lives. So if you're feeling, if a listener's out there feeling a level of depression, a level of stress, a level of anxiety, and they feel like they've run out of coping strategies, reaching out for a therapist might be a good idea. Um, there's lots of ways. I love how um, when I was in grad school here at Brunel University, right here in Gainesville, Georgia, um, they said, you know, sometimes people get better all on their own. They don't necessarily need it. We do. That's the great power of being human. And so dealing with all that noise, the last thing I want to say since we are here in North Georgia is kind of acknowledging and leveraging for people who have a spiritual practice or a mm-hmm. faith practice. If we can leverage our spirituality and use that to frame our view of this existential idea of life and death, what do we believe? What values are our core values? What order, you know, what's important to us and what actions do we need to take and what works for us and how to give our own, our own, you know, one of the things you hear when you take yoga classes sometimes is the instructor will say, let's give ourselves some grace today. Give yourself some room. And so when we try to provide that to other people, I think we need to remember it's not just about our own emotions. It's not just about our own fear. It's not just about our own feelings, but keeping in mind that someone else may be in a very different place or a very different perspective. They may have different coping strategies. They may have different resources. So if we can give them the grace that we would like to receive as well, that may go a long way to helping all of us take a little bit more of a collective breath, put some positive stuff out there, focus on the good, focus on, I had a neighbor sat outside, we've been neighbors five years, and one of the teenagers was out playing guitar. It nearly moved me to tears. I haven't heard that. And they're a wonderful family. They're outside a lot, right? But this something about being at home is creating some good things. So it'd be great if we can do more of that. I hope our listeners are taking some notes, Bill. This is some good stuff. And you're listening to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton and Don Eccles with Dawning Phoenix Counseling. And we're getting some good stuff here, Bill. Yes, we are indeed. And one of the factors that we haven't talked about, we've talked about being shut in with families, but we haven't talked really about the impact on us of being shut away from our friends. Uh, you know, in, in years past, we've talked about people who were shut-ins, and that was usually uh, people who were older or, or uh, very, very sick. They were shut-ins. Now we're shut-ins. And we're, we're really, one of the voids we have, Don, is that the, the friends that we used to have meals with, a wine club or a dinner club or a bridge club or whatever, we've got a void there that all of us are feeling as well, don't we? Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up, Bill. That's such on point with, 
you know, Alfred Adler talked about that the task of um, social, when he talked, he talked about the task of love, the task of work, and then he talked about that third task that really goes to fa- uh, friends. And so if we are not involved, and he used to do therapy on stage in the town hall and invite the whole village because he believed we should all be together and we could help each other and we should all be interested in our community. And we are social beings. It's how we've survived our tribe, our belonging. We need group belonging. And at the same time, social psychology talks about when we talk about group belonging, we need to understand that has a positive, And that's what you're speaking to is when we miss those friends. Sometimes in therapy, we call that family of choice when people don't live near family or they've been through something like what we're talking about, these tragedies with family not being a good or safe place. And they go and build a family of choice with people who are safe that accept, mm-hmm. support, encourage. And so when we don't have that, there is a big and, you know, I don't know about other people, but for me, the phone is only one means and it's a poor substitute for in person for me it's i, I do it I, I love the phone can talk on the phone been doing it for years at least we have facetime absolutely you know but there's something about the energy of being together and so when we when we do this about social belonging and being in a group the the flip negative most positives have negative most negatives have positive and so in group and out group again going to social psychology principles says this is the in group this is the way everybody should be you're the out group you don't belong you differ with us and so if we think about more of recognizing who we where we belong where we feel that we belong where we feel our belonging with our friends for instance and then be aware that we don't want to get we don't want to treat other people as though they're an out group just because they disagree or because they have questions or because they're concerned and their concerns are different than their than our own. Well, Don, again, this is such an important topic. We're talking about our mental, our mental, our emotional health. For those listening out there, any key like two or three bullet points to take away from what they should know today from our conversation? Yes. Identify what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, be aware of your own feelings and behavior. Make a conscious list or of coping strategies and things that you want to come up with that you feel are working for you recognize if that's not working and identify if you need more and if you can reach out for some professional help for that if necessary read things I've just picked up a book I can't wait to read it just heard about it in one of my own trainings this past week called emotional inflammation and it talks about this noise and fear it specifically speaks to the noise as causing emotional inflammation and she's using the idea of physical inflammation in the body that we've been hearing from our doctors for so long right. and that this this kind of noise causes emotional inflammation so we've got to we've got to find ways that speak to each of us some of us do well with some strategies others do well with others everybody benefits from getting outside if at all possible well somebody's out there listening don they say hey i might i might need a consultation i might need some help with this what's the best way to take a next step or get in touch with you you can find us at dawningphoenix.com we have a phone number there on the on there and i'm also been running a special of 30 and 50 minute online life coaching nice. i've done a reduced rate and i'd said i would end it on may 13th i'll probably extend it at least another week or more so if people want to do just as basic six sessions just for covid19 and stress we're doing that as a coaching event that they can pay a reduced rate and we'll meet with them for 30 minutes online to talk more directly about their concerns. And the website one more time? Dawningphoenix.com. Well, Dr. Bill, I think it's been another successful show. How about you? Yes, I definitely think so. And one of the things, Don, I would underscore is that 
in all of this incredible stress that we're going through, none of us should be ashamed of our feelings of fear and uncertainty and inadequacy. And expressing those, I think, is is a is a great part of, of healing. Absolutely. It's been another great show, guys. You've been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X. See you next week. You've been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. What local business do you know that should be highlighted on our program? Let us know. Just search North Georgia Business Radio X on Facebook or contact Bo at businessradiox.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And remember to support our local businesses.